Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Natural Hat Trick, hosted by Luke Lipinski and Craig Morgan. Welcome to episode 194 of the Natural Hat Trick podcast alongside Craig Morgan. Natty Hatty. And Jamie Eisner. Playoff time. <laughs> I'm Luke Lipinski and I'm officially creeped out. All right, gentlemen. Nothing to talk about today, huh? No, nothing. So little to talk about that we're going to do two shows. Talking playoffs. Talking playoffs. playoffs. Yeah, Jamie can hit the high-pitched playoff. Playoffs? (laughs) I need to not look at Jamie when he makes cartoonish sounds. It just doesn't work. Uh, So we're going to do two podcasts today. We're going to do the Eastern Conference here, and we'll get to some news and notes from around the league, and then we're going to go series by series. And then second podcast we do today will be episode 195, for those of you that are counting challenged. And uh, we'll do listener questions about the Coyotes, kind of put a bow on the Coyote season, and and uh, look at the Western Conference. Craig, why do you keep staring at I'm me sorry, and the was, donuts? Well, I was distracted by the remaining munchkins. It, clearly. Mm-hmm. Just Still eat am. them all. Still am. No. Just eat them. No, they're yours, Craig. No, I'm not eating those. I think one and a half of you those know, is the mine. The thing is, I don't even like powdered ones. I get the powdered ones for you guys. I don't like powdered. You don't like powdered? I like powdered. Oh. Well, I guess... There are three munchkins left for Jamie and one for each of us. Okay. That sounds about right. That's how this shakes out. Um, let's start with Joel Quenville, head coach, Florida Panthers. Makes sense. Dale Talon, the general manager, hired him in Chicago as well. They won. Well, Dale didn't get to stick around for the Cups, but Joel Quenville won three, three Stanley Cups in Chicago. Dale Talon built the vast majority of the team that won three Stanley Cups in Chicago, so... This reunification seems logical. Uh, on the flip side, what's Philadelphia doing? Not much. So it was interesting that Chuck Fletcher, the general manager of the Flyers, came out, I think it was yesterday, and said that oh, he had never contacted Joel Quenville. Well, I had a, had a couple sources tell me that that's a flat-out lie, that they actually met in late March. And Joel Quenville walked out of that meeting stunned that they didn't offer him the job. Now, that, that may sound a little bit egotistical, but he is Joel freaking Quenville. He's the second winningest coach in NHL history. He just won three cups with the Blackhawks. He was a really good coach even before that. He knows a thing or two, so why wouldn't the Flyers want a guy like that? Why wouldn't you fall all over yourself to at least make an offer to get that guy in the fold? All great questions. Yeah. I can tell you as a Penguins fan, I'm glad they botched that if that's what happened. Uh, Joel Quenville, to me, is is one of those coaches that... 
if he's not coaching your team, you want him as far away from any rival of your team as possible. I'm a, I understand the logic of him going to Florida. I'm a little surprised, but I like it. Because to me, that that is going to make Florida a playoff team next year with the pieces they had. And they were close last year, and they actually didn't have a bad year this year. But um, I, don't, I, mean, I don't have a problem with Florida making the playoffs. I'd much rather he was there than Philadelphia. Imagine if he had Marcia So and Riley Smith. <laughs> He does have Alexander Barkov. He does have Barkov, who is the most underrated player in the game. You know, I know we determined that like last week's episode that he is the most underrated, and I agree. But there was another player. Maybe it'll come up in this podcast or one of the nine podcasts we're doing today. Well, we can't think of him because he's underrated. Yeah, it just doesn't come to mind. I think he's in the playoffs. So he's not as underrated as Barkov, but there's another candidate. I'll come up with him. No, but I mean, Florida's an interesting job with Barkov, with Huberto. Mike Hoffman is a 30 plus goal scorer, and everybody's everybody on their core is locked up for multiple years. So this is if if Luongo can stay relatively healthy, he's not going to stay healthy for the season. Anymore, I know you're saying but, Luongo, but I just hear Sergey Bobrovsky when you say the name. I don't. But, well, I, but here's that's the problem: the other side they have this. almost eight million dollars locked up into their two goaltenders with multiple years left on it. How do you get rid of those if you can assign Bobrovsky? I, it's I a great have, question. I have a couple things that I wonder about. You know, you, you talk about those players being locked up, but there were plenty of rumors and whispers that a couple of those players were available via trade, Mike Hoffman being one of them, and Huberdeau if teams were willing to pay through the nose yeah. to get him. I don't know if that changes with Joel Quenville coming on board. I, I imagine there's going to be an evaluation of, of those very things and more, including whether this becomes a far more attractive destination for Artemi Panarin now with his old coach. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the first thing I thought. I mean, if you if you get Panarin, uh, yeah, you're not missing Marcia So and Riley Smith nearly as much because you've got a, just a dynamic playmaker that you can add to the mix. And they they've already made it clear that they're pursuing both he and Sergei Bobrovsky. So it's going to be interesting to see how Joel Quenville coming aboard alters their plans for the roster at least. The way they're thinking about their roster, because if, if these guys were indeed available for the right price before, it doesn't make sense that they would be now with Joe Quenville coming aboard. You'd think you'd want that kind of talent in the fold. Yeah, I mean, unless you've determined that you're not going to sign Mike Hoffman after next year or he doesn't want to sign. And at that point, you're trying to not Columbus yourself and try to get as much value as you possibly can. <laughs> Never want to Columbus yourself. Also, it's like Stewart fighting yourself. Are they just OK with losing tons of money? Because you bring in even more like Artemi Panarin. I was just there. And look, I know uh, I know attendance is the, isn't the only revenue stream, and it tends to get overrated. It is extreme people, with Florida, though. It's really extreme with Florida. That game was, wow, that was just eye-popping looking at the stands with 15 minutes to go before the game. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a situation where it looks worse on TV or not, but that is the one team. Because I'm with Mm-mm. you. Attendance is so overblown by people that don't live in the market. But you watch Panthers games, and you're like, I don't. Do people know, like, are the doors locked? I mean, you know, it's not like you see some seats empty. You don't see people. It so. was like 3,000 people with 15 minutes to go. I think it probably filled into about seven. But that was that was scary. And and you, you understand it when you, when you see the location, when you see how far away. It's not just far away from Miami. It's even far away from Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, yeah. Um, real quick, one last thing on Florida. I know you mentioned Jonathan Huberdeau was – at least rumored to be available if teams were willing to pay through the nose was your technical term for it. 62 assists last year. What is paying through the nose? Because I might be willing to pay through the well, nose to at get a, that guy on my team. At 5.9 million. Like, you'd be nuts to trade Huberto. You'd be absolutely nuts. But if they were going to trade him, what do they want? Connor McDavid. It would have to be a lot, but... but it, I mean, I'll give why you a lot looking, of picks. Why are you looking to trade that? To me, if you're looking to trade a player like that, that says you're looking to shed payroll. 
Yeah. But then you just brought Joel Quenville in, and I haven't seen the numbers yet, but I'm certain he didn't come cheap. No. There's no way he comes cheap. Unless your thought was you're going to shed payroll there, get cheaper assets back, and then make a run at Panarin and basically be paying maybe slightly more than I'd you're paying right now. I'd rather have Jonathan Hubert owe at his price than Panarin at his. Yeah. I, I'm not saying it's right, and I, I do question if it was legit or not because I have to feel like if he was available at the trade deadline, somebody would have found a way to make that deal for him because that's not a rental. That's a guy that helps you this year but also is a four more, Yeah, four years off on his deal. Yeah. 25 points. years old. Like that, like – how do you move a guy like that? Mm-mm. That's what you want. That's yeah. what teams dream of. That's, yeah, that's what you build around. Uh, let's look at some of these other coaching vacancies. Lots of them. Yeah. Uh, which I guess is standard for this time well, of year. Well, especially when you look at what happened last year where there was so little change. Yeah. We were due. It's the NHL. Uh, Todd McClellan rumored to Buffalo. I mean... Uh. <laughs> Buffalo to me is is the thirty first team in the NHL. Well, I to me it feels like if if you're out of options as a coach, yeah. you might yeah. look at Buffalo <laughs> because it's a disaster up there. Should he be out of options? I don't. I think he's a pretty good coach, and yeah. he, he should probably look at other options. But I don't know. I, I don't. I, I just. I don't think. I, yeah, I, I think I would too, just because I get to live in L.A. There's yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. but I also they want to go to Buffalo and coach that train wreck <laughs> of a franchise. Team is how did they collapse the way they did? How did they collapse? Nothing with Jack Eichel. Like we all bash Edmonton because they have Connor McDavid and they've basically done nothing, and that is more egregious. I mean, it, it, at least to me, McDavid is like twice the player Eichel is, if not more. At this point, that's sort of how it's playing out. But at least Edmonton did make the playoffs once. You forget Buffalo's in the league. Longest playoff drought in the NHL, eight seasons. And they always... And they keep drafting high. Yeah, first or second pick. High. Yes, they, they, they've got some good picks. Yes. And they're not doing anything. NHL draft lottery tonight, by the way. Do you want to make predictions? Before you make a prediction, just remember that what we say on this podcast, if there's news breaking that day, it typically comes true. So before we make all the predictions we actually think are going to happen, I'm just going to throw it out there that the Arizona Coyotes are due... Some draft lottery luck, and their one point five percent chance should vault them to number two. I will say. Okay, I'm saying they stick at number fourteen. Yeah. Maybe they'll fall to fifteen. Maybe up to fifteen, and Montreal moves up. Just one more thing on Buffalo: they started seventeen six and two this season, mm-hmm. went sixteen thirty three and eight the rest of the way. Is that bad? Wow, that's not great. Oh, Same they, team. Oh, and they also brought in a guy who scored forty goals. Yeah, who's going to leave? And they still did nothing. Not not like he scored forty goals last year, and then they brought him in and he struggled. He scored forty goals for them this year, and it wasn't Jack Eichel. So I don't know if that was – I really – Buffalo, I just can't figure them out. All right, so I'm going to be very scientific here. I'm going to – on Tankathon, I'm going to click it once okay, for the draft lottery. And whatever the results are is exactly how it's going to go tonight. All right. Let me give you my – before you click that, okay. Jamie is dramatically holding his finger above the click button. We all know it's what? Edmonton, what then Buffalo. Oh, that would be <laughs> – So like Edmonton, Colorado because of Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo. Buffalo has to pick top three every year. It's sure. a rule. Okay, I have Buffalo number one. You do? I do. That's like because you clicked the button? I clicked the button. Oh, I took all the drama out of James. Colorado, Jersey, Buffalo. Colorado, LOL. (laughs) LOL, Ottawa. Colorado, Jersey, Buffalo. I've got Buffalo, Colorado, Anaheim. Colorado. And the Coyotes 14th. Colorado with the LOL mixed in there. You have the Coyotes 14th or 15th, you said? 14th. In, in my second one, they, they dropped 15th. 
It's really the only two options for the Coyotes based on history. Somebody did ask us. I guess, well, I can't. We find can it get now. to it. Okay. We get to the list. Some, somebody did ask: Is it possible for them to drop below teams that actually made the playoffs? I embedded a conversation on one of my stories Ooh. on the comment section into my story on the draft lottery today because yeah. it was so classic of Coyotes fans. <laughs> Just like, do you think with all the, you know the their bad luck that the NHL will throw some karma? There? I can't even remember the exact quotes, but karma their way and they'll move up. Oh. And, and I said, probably <laughs> not likely. Someone else said. Uh, more likely they'll, they'll drop down than somebody was saying, you know, the odds just they can only drop down one spot and somebody's like, the NHL will find them and drop them. <laughs> Funny, I, just, I, did, I did it a second time and it's wild. Not, no, the not the Minnesota Wild. wild. No, okay. it's an actual wild. Vancouver, Arizona, Montreal. Oh, One, two, three. Right there. <laughs> the two teams that have suffered the most. <laughs> Vancouver, yeah. Arizona, Montreal. Top. Keep that on your on your computer there. Oh. Never close that computer until after tonight when it goes Edmonton, Buffalo, Elias Colorado. Pedersen and Jack Hughes. That would be awesome. I, I Go ahead, Vancouver. You get uh, Jack Hughes as long as the Coyotes get the second pick. I'm cool with yeah. that. I, look, they are less likely percentage-wise to drop to 15 than they are to move up to either of the top two picks. So I'm just going to stick with that optimism okay. here heading into the draft line. Sure. Uh, Connor McDavid injury in the last game of the season doesn't sound like, well, it's not nearly as bad as it looked, especially when Luckily. there was the footage of him mouthing to the trainer that it's broken, and then he mm-hmm. said the next, or two days later when he showed up to media day in like a hoodie and sweatpants, that he thought his leg was in two pieces, and that's not the case. So, that's huge. Um, I'm to the point where I feel bad for that guy. Oh, and we he had an MRI it. that said nothing serious, okay. so he's, he's good, but yeah, I mean, feel badly for him just because okay. of the situation he's in. Just, just brutal. Two, or that was a scary looking injury. I mean, he had the collarbone injury what two years ago now. Yeah, and then Edmonton went out and traded for the guy that bragged about injuring him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just it, look. I understand the guy makes a lot of money, but of all the players in the league, he's earning it. He is. I mean, we're looking at him, and and we were talking before the show started. He's probably not somebody that has it in his personality to ask for a trade anytime soon. I don't think he's making the playoffs anytime soon either. And there's nothing he can do. But he's not demanding a trade. No, and I don't in think he will. the one report out there that cited a senior athletic columnist, but didn't name the columnist. Hmm. And that senior a- athletic columnist did not say that Connor McDavid was demanding a trade. Inside information from Craig so, Morgan. Just saying. Don't believe that report. Want to get to the playoffs here? Eastern Conference? Playoffs? Yes. Can I point out, by the way, that three of the NHL's top four scorers are not in the playoffs? You Point-taters. can. Is that true? What is it, McDavid, Kane? No, I'm just lying about Dreisaitl? it. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Okay. How many players ended up breaking 100 points this year? I was surprised that it was clearly a step forward from where we Six. were a couple years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how we're going to do the playoffs. Far cry from the 87-point Jamie Benn yeah. <laughs> art <laughs> that, off season. That, like, forgotten year. <laughs> we're going to go uh, Eastern Conference here. We're going to go series by series, but before we get into each series, we're going to go just like an overview of the East. I have one other Bit of uh, I have one other question I'm going to throw at you guys that I, I didn't uh, write in the notes. Uh oh, so it's going to be spontaneous and real. That's what I want from you guys: real emotion on this podcast. You don't want that. Well, not from you. I was mainly talking to Craig, and really, I just meant I was talking to myself. So, here's the questions we're going to hit before we get series by series. Eastern Conference, are we ready? Is that the question we're going to hit? Sorry, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> Easy question. I can't explain this all to you again, Craig. Goalie situation you trust most in the East. Eight teams remaining. Trust most? Yes. You guys look like you're both stunned. This was not the question that wasn't in the notes. In fact, this was at the top of the notes. I'll go first. I trust Tampa. Yeah, I mean, Tampa's the obvious answer. It's boring. It is is boring, actually. Um, 
but it, it has to be the answer. He's going to yeah. win the Vezina Trophy this year, Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, I just the other teams all have question marks or are okay at goal. So how about the one you trust the least? Oh yeah, I'll go Carolina. And the, that's the easy one. <laughs> you want me to lie? I'll go with Freddie Anderson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If yeah. it's not Carolina, it'd be Freddie Anderson. Okay. He looks tired. Yeah. I'll talk too, about that in the Toronto You section. would, too, be playing behind that defense. Woo! I think... Uh, he just wore down, I think. He just wore down. I think Carolina's But at least the playoffs, real... they have a lot of time in between oh, games, yeah, so they'll have plenty of rest. And no pressure. I, yeah. I told you guys, I was. I, I, I like to listen to the uh, the Canadian broadcast, especially leading up to the playoffs. And, and the one program I've been listening to a lot lately where they've just been trashing the Maple Leafs because they're in Toronto... Two days before the playoffs, they finally flipped it around and said, all the pressure's on Boston in this series now. Toronto's got nothing to lose. Uh, if Toronto loses in the first round of the playoffs, that city's going to melt down. Agreed? And yes. I'm going to be watching all of it. Yes, and it's... it will lose in the first round of the playoffs, so it will melt down. Maybe okay. not Vancouver style, but... Most exciting player in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Duh. Nikia Kucherov. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, these questions play better in the West because the answers do, are all pretty, pretty obvious here. How about best uh, best coach? I'll go with Barry Trotz. Yeah, me too. Sure. <laughs> Drew Shore? Uh, I mean, yeah. Trotz or Cooper. Eddie. Okay. Eddie Shore. You can, wow. You can, uh, Old time hockey. You can veto one team out of the playoffs. Who are you taking out? If I could eliminate one team? Yeah. One of these eight. You have the power. I'll go Washington for reasons I don't think I have to explain. Uh, all right, I'll go Pittsburgh. Oh, rude. I'll go Columbus. <laughs> Which was basically what's going to happen to them. Your wish is going to come true. Uh, I thought about going with Toronto just because I do think it will be hilarious if they lose in the first round. Yes, but I do kind of want to watch them play playoff hockey. Though. Yeah. That's the problem. Like, they're fun. I wanted to see Sasha Barkov play playoff hockey, but, well, you know, he missed it by 12 points. That wasn't the question, Craig. Sorry. The, que- the question wasn't... <laughs> okay, you said fine. you wanted real emotion. I, I, mean, like, <laughs> I do. Okay. Spontaneity. When you... Uh, Heartlessly remove Pittsburgh from the playoffs. Are you replacing them with Florida? Is that yeah. your okay? <laughs> yeah. Jamie, I know would put Detroit in because he loves the Red Wings so much. <laughs> it does you know? fawns right. over them? That's <laughs> embarrassing. I put Ottawa in so Colorado didn't get Jack Hughes. Ooh, look at that. Okay, let's Ottawa, go. Toronto, round one. Jamie's let's... wearing his I Heart Lidstrom T-shirt today. <laughs> I actually looked just to make sure it wasn't an I Heart Lidstrom or Philadelphia Eagles shirt. I just have a giant picture of Anthony Mantha's face on the T-shirt under my shirt. I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> uh, let's, let's go series by series here. Tampa Bay, Columbus. I'm going to throw out the season series. I know that you guys both think it doesn't matter, but for the listeners that may. At least you it. said it before I did. Yeah. Uh, in this case, though, and, no. and look, Columbus is a different team, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Tampa did sweep them 3-0, and they outscored them 17-3. to um, Go ahead, Craig. Good? I'm surprised at how many people think this is going to be a tough series. I, I'm one of them. Okay. The Jackets are a physical team, and if Sergei Bobrovsky... Shows up the Vezina level, Sergei Bobrovsky. It could be a tough series, but I think we're putting too much into that. I, I just think Tampa's so good. I think Tampa's going to have their hands full more so than they should in the first round. Bolts and six. Well, a first round series can often be troubling. It's it often all, the time where top teams get knocked out. Yeah. Yes, there's always more variance in the first round. Always, 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 always. Is is? Are we going to go in like? In the, are we going to do like hit the touch points on your thing? Or are we just openly con- conversing. Well, I just I want. That's why I know you're driving we'll, the bus. We'll hit and them. You're the engine that drives the show. I just would like to know. There, there's yeah. yeah there's and, conductor. And we admire you. We're, thank you, Craig. That's, that's all I really wanted to know. <laughs> we're grateful just to be here. Well, you should be. Um, that's uh, I, we're going to hit those points, but I want to have a conversation. Us being Jamie. grateful. Well, Craig's already throwing out predictions. Here? Yeah. Well, Craig's going to hit that. Point? Craig's gone rogue on us. Okay. 
Um, you don't think this is going to be a tough series for Tampa? I don't. No. I mean, no, I don't. <laughs> I think Tampa. I, I'm. I don't think I'm ever going to feel like Tampa's in danger. It's just in this series or in the playoffs. In this series, I. I just think that. If we went with that that uh, rule that's never going to happen that people are pushing for, where you could pick your first-round opponent if you had the best record, I don't think Columbus would be anywhere near the top of Tampa's list. So in that regard, I just feel like, I'm sure, I feel like they'd rather play Carolina, they'd probably rather play Pittsburgh or the Islanders. Columbus is oddly dangerous. I, I mean, mm. I, don't, I don't think Columbus is going to win the series, but I also can't get the image of Tampa's last two games of last year's playoffs out of my mind where they just, they were imposters in, in lightning uniform. Um, top storyline in this series. To me, it wasn't really worth it, Columbus. <laughs> all in. And I, I have an Columbus alter- all ins. And I have an alternate for this one, which is how will Panarin's performance affect Kekalainen's future? Mm. Because if Panarin goes off, even if they lose the series, if Panarin has five goals and ten points in the yeah. series, does does anybody look back and say, well, look what he did in the postseason. This is what we wanted to happen all along. Does that soften the blow of getting eliminated? Or, counterpoint, do people look and say, think of what you could have got for him at the trade deadline. He just went off for 10 points in the first round series, lost to Tampa. So I think that's that's my alternative headline. That's I like your alternative headline better than your first one that I already forgot. Uh, my headline, or whatever, it wasn't <laughs> supposed to be headline, it was supposed to be storyline, Jamie, is, um, Craig, did you have something to say? No. Okay, good. No, I'm fine. <laughs> I, I just want to know if, if Tampa's going not just because they didn't show it's a up really last long year storyline, but yeah, no, it's what's it's a it's a four sentence uh, headline. AP Style says you got to shorten this up a little bit. Nobody uses AP Style. Everybody's zero and zero right now. So I just want to see if Tampa Bay comes out as dominant as they were for those first eighty two games, or if they're going to do some weird thing where you look different in the playoffs. Because if they are, then even if they get past this series, I don't think they're going to win the cup. Okay. Craig, did you have anything? I just have a lasting memory of our Temi Panarin vanishing in a Blackhawk playoff series. Absolutely vanishing. Really? When the Blackhawks got eliminated. Yeah, in four straight games by Nashville. He had one assist. I have of course, a... no one on the Blackhawks did anything in that series. But that's that's uh, I, mm, that's sticking with me. My top storyline is 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 Tampa. They're, they have to win it all or this season's a disappointment. Somebody took the cowbell. And it could be dangerous. No. Wait, somebody really took the cowbell? That's okay. true. I should cowbell myself for remembering the Blackhawks sweep at the hands of the Predators. Here, hold on to it for just a second. I have a memory of Artemi Panarin okay. vanishing off Chicago's roster for oh, Brandon Todd. For Brandon Todd. Yeah. Hey, that was a good trade. There you go. Stan Bowen, <laughs> the guy to lead them into the future. <laughs> you might just want to keep that going for the whole show. A lot of cowbell for the Eastern Conference preview. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've... Sound I just like dove a into crier. a dark hole. Yeah. Well, it's fine. We're not going to be talking about them on the Western <laughs> Conference play. I can't preview. see yeah. anymore. Help. We might Please not get Craig out back. of this place. <laughs> that went earlier than I thought. Uh, X Factor in the series. I'm going to go with Matt Duchesne. I'm going with Bob. I mean, mm. what about he, Bob? If he stands on his, <laughs> if he stands on his head, they can they can make this series very interesting. If he plays at a Vezina level. And he was late in the season, actually. He yeah. played really well late in the season. So with my X-Factor picks, I, I avoided all goalies oh, and, I top, and top players. Jamie. I tried, but I have one when we get later. Uh, I know it gets tough in the, in the Western Conference yeah. in particular. Uh, I'm going to go with Tyler Johnson because Ooh. he's a player that in the past has always elevated his game in the postseason. But he missed the postseason two years ago. He only had eight points in 17 games last year. Do we get the Tyler Johnson from three and four years ago where he was an utterly dominant player? in almost every series in the postseason, or do we get this half-point-per-game Tyler Johnson? I know it's weird to say Tampa needs an X-factor, 
but this is probably one for the entire postseason, not just the series. What do they get from Tyler Johnson? The reason I went with Duchesne, and I actually really like Jamie's pick. The reason I went with Duchesne is just, to me, he symbolizes how different Columbus is than they were a month and a half ago. And I would even say than they were a couple weeks ago, because when you make a trade or you make big deals at the trade deadline, it takes a couple weeks for those guys to get settled in. So the only reason I think Columbus could maybe push Tampa here is because this isn't the team we've seen all season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I had in here, and we talked about it earlier, is the Jackets' physical game. Yeah. If they can manage to get Tampa into that style of game, they might have a chance. And they are. They're a big physical team. And they kind of have nothing to lose. Yeah. I know every sure. team likes to play that well, card. Well, other than Yarmulke Kekalayan. Well, he has <laughs> and his our job to lose. And Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah, and they'll be gone too. I also want to, and this is not a storyline for this series, but I do want to see how Tampa Bay responds when they face adversity at some point this year, because they're going to in the playoffs. Uh, they are the best team by far in these playoffs. They finished the year with 128 <laughs> points. But, I mean, you're going to face adversity. They really didn't all year. Even when they had Louis Domingue in net, they scored six goals a night. Yeah. So didn't really matter. All right, uh, let's make the picks here. Craig already gave his away, but I'll pretend we didn't hear it. What was your prediction? I'll say Bolton six. Okay. Uh, Lightning in five. I'll go Tampa in six after all that. I love how we said Tampa different ways. Yeah. There's so many different ways. All right. I think Columbus has enough power, offensive power to clip them at home once, but that's all I can see. Yeah. Do you want to play the video that you sent us? No. Okay. After seeing that video, and I'm not even going to suggest you go watch it, but the lightning, it's not the lightning that put it out. It's, I don't know who it is. Somebody put out a song about Zambonis for the lightning. Something called The Identity Tampa Bay. Yeah. It's awful. If you watch that, you will actively be rooting for Columbus. Yeah. How do you guys feel about Tampa just in terms of if, if, if watching the playoffs? Like, do you want them to go far? Yeah. I yeah, like I'm watching them. that team play. I, yeah, me too. Yes, I'd like them to win the cup. Yeah. Because I feel like there's just something missing if they don't. It's kind of the same way about those Sharks teams. Like, there's just something missing if you don't win. If they win the cup, we're going to look back on one of the most dominant seasons that I can remember. Mm-hmm. If they actually finish this. I mean, if they go out and lose in the second round, then you know, whatever. We'll forget about it. Since when? Since Maybe, maybe since that Blackhawk lockout team. Yeah. I think Mark Lazarus just wrote a piece comparing those two teams, in fact. Really? You can find it on The Athletic. Oh, boy. I would almost consider this more dominant if they really go all the way. Just this whole season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, I mean, we, we knew Chicago was good at that point. We knew Tampa. Yeah, they Tampa were headed for like 150 points though, that yeah. season, though. They were oh. ridiculous that year. And then what happened? Well, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you get for vetoing Pittsburgh out of the playoffs. Um, let's go to Boston-Toronto. Okay. My favorite series. And I'm guessing everybody's favorite series. Of the eight, I would rank this one number one. And the next series we're going to talk about, I would rank a distant 12th of eight. Two great <laughs> hockey markets, too. Yeah. Uh, top storyline, Toronto against the pressure. Pressure! Same here. Uh, minus, who is Toronto's greatest opponent? The Bruins, the media, or the skeletons in their closet? Whoa. <laughs> I love how Jamie approached this as, a, as like a, a true writer. Yeah, it was like a guy who had some time yesterday. Yeah. I did have some time to cover Coyote's breakup day. Breakups are hard, Craig, I know. They are. It was a hard day. I feel like everybody swung too far towards Boston in this series. Really? I fear I might have too, but I don't like the way Toronto's playing. So that brings me to my X Factor. Toronto's blue line, that's why. Oh, we're just going right to the X Factor? That's why we've swung. Oh, is that why? That way. Uh, Season series, 3-1 Boston, by the way. I, I will just throw out there, I think Boston is the better team, like team concept, everything. But Size, speed, yeah. they've got it all. Uh, Brad Marchand, who is my X Factor, just the joy of watching him irritate 
the biggest <laughs> hockey Lick. market. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be that's going to be entertaining. Whatever he does, he's going to do something probably stupid. But that's why he's the X factor. He's either going to cost the Bruins because he's going to cross the line, and that's how Toronto is going to win the series. Or he's going to get under Toronto's skin, and that city's just going to completely implode, and he's going to lead the charge for Boston. Also, I do think whoever wins the series could go to the Cup. Yeah, that would be very possible. My X Factor is David Krejci. Uh, he's bounced back this year with 73 points after back-to-back kind of injury and poor performances there. He's been their leading playoff sc- scorer the last two times they went to the Cup Final. Wow. How do you know that? Research. David Krejci fan club? Newsletter? time. Mm-hmm. Uh... What do you think happens if Toronto does lose in the first round? I don't know, but I'm curious if they'll hang on to their coach. I think Brad Marchand, if if Boston beats Toronto, should lick Mike Babcock. <laughs> in the handshake line? Yes. <laughs> They're going to say Brad Marchand would become the next coach of the Maple Leafs. <sighs> yeah, I mean, would any of us be surprised? Yeah, no, would any of us be surprised if Babcock all, gets... Especially in that if market. they mutually part ways? Yeah, one of those things. Otherwise, he's back in... I'm Scottsdale. Not con- I'm not convinced that those players are Babcock fans. Yeah, and that's. The Did problem. you see the uh, athletic pl- uh, player poll of coach you'd least like to play for? Babcock was on that list. Yeah, and it was just Austin Matthews voting over and over. Well, and, and over he kind of had that reputation at the end of his Detroit run too. Yeah. This is not a new phenomenon. But okay, how long has Babcock been there now? It's three, four. It's Let's been go back. It's it's it, it was it predates Marner and Matthews, does it not? Yes. Yes. So. When they brought him in, it was like, hey, Toronto's getting better. We were Babcock at the time was the hottest name on the coaching market. He came in as the guy. Like he came in with, with, with all the power. 2015 16 season was his first. But once you're able to draft Matthews and you're able to draft, well, once Marner got as big as he did, um, all of a sudden Babcock doesn't have the power anymore. And if they really, if they lose to Boston again, knowing full well you're going to play Boston again in the first round next year. Yeah, they're going to freak out. They're going to do something. I will go Toronto in seven. No, I'm sorry, Toronto in six. Wow. I'm going Boston in six. Uh, Fred Anderson, 881 save percentage in his last 10 games. Under 900 save percentage since the beginning of March. Like, he's really struggled. He is and tired. And I don't, yeah, that's it. That's it. He's he looks tired. He's not a bad player. Because they tired. defend. Here's the thing with Toronto. If Toronto can somehow manage, if they have the puck... If they're not defending too much, yeah, I can see them having a chance. But when they have to defend, they are brutal. They're not just bad. They're brutal. I don't see them winning this series. I have the Bruins. I think it's going to be a good series, but I have the Bruins in seven. The, the only reason that I was I was pushed over to the Toronto side of things is that series last year when they played was great. It was pretty even. Boston ended up winning in seven, and that's why I switched it to six. I don't think Toronto's winning a game seven in Boston. But... All they've done is add John Tavares, really, from last year. That's true. So if you push Boston to seven last year, I mean, it's it's not hard to, to make the stretch of, okay, now you've added Tavares. I mean, I think Tavares will drive them through this series if they win. I just felt like there was more juice behind Toronto, more belief, more almost naivete, youthful naivete last season than there is this year. There there seems to be dissension this year with Toronto, and I think that's a problem, and I get, aside from their horrid blue line. And I just get concerned that when I talk about, again, Bruins media or skeletons in the closet, like they, they have the, it was 4-1. They have all that stuff in the back of their mind. They can't beat the Bruins in the postseason. And there's just so much pressure on this team to do something that if they get down 2-0 or 2-1 in the series, there's just going to be so much outside noise for them. And Boston is a really good team. Like yeah, they're, 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 there's a So that's going to be the issue to me because everything is going against Toronto in this. Sure, they have enough firepower on offense to, if they get hot, can beat anybody in the league. But 
I just think there's too much working against Toronto right now. I, I'm going a little bit against what my what my normal thought would be. Like normally, I would pick Boston. I just feel, and and this is one of those series where I I want Toronto to lose. It's not anything against Toronto. I just think it would be very entertaining if they lose to Boston again, and that's kind of why I'm picking Toronto because they. I don't get what I want in the playoffs. How's that? I, I actually would like Toronto to win because I think I, Toronto Tampa Bay would be. <laughs> I think Toronto Tampa Bay would be just such an awesome way to display the game. Oh, yeah, yes. I agree. Yes. But yes, and not that Boston Tampa Bay would be bad, but I just think just with all that star power is something the NHL desperately needs. I just don't think it's going to happen. We're just we're towing a fine line for me, and I know we had this discussion back when they when leading up to the draft lottery when they got Matthews, and we all knew they were going to win the lottery, and, and Craig was was pushing that uh, narrative that it's actually better probably if, if Toronto does. I mean, there's value to that that Toronto gets Matthews and he's on display there. I, I've I've come to peace with the uh, the idea that it is it is better if Toronto's good. I just don't want them to win the Stanley Cup. And I think once they get going, like it's good when they're good, but not great because it's entertaining. They should be in, in the in the forefront of the league. It's Toronto, so they're going to push themselves to the top of the headlines anyway. If they're a terrible team, then we all have to pay attention to a terrible team. Yeah, I want some, them to be certain players good. are going to be overrated because yeah. they play in that market and be up for awards because they're in that market. Maybe, and, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm done. I just okay. I don't want them to win Stanley Cup. All right, but I do want them here. It, it, it would, it I'm would glad be you want bad. them in the league. That's nice. For I want them in the playoffs. And as we pointed out last week, they weren't that far from missing the playoffs, actually. All right. Uh, Washington, Carolina. Uh, the top storyline here is obviously the Caps' quest for a repeat. It's uh, obvious. My top storyline is, will I watch one second of this series? I think this is going to be, one one be sneaky, one of the best series. Ooh, I think it's going to be a terrible series. No. I'm going to watch everything. M- my so storyline story is... Let's face it. Yeah. I'm going to have three TVs <laughs> side by side. Most of this, can Carolina turn shots into goals? Like alcohol shots? Maybe. No. Oh, uh, right. They're going to yeah, they do by the end of the just the they, volume. They were the number one possession team on, on net shot attempts. Yeah. But can they you were middle. Tell people that you just put possession in air quotes yeah. because shot, quotes? Yes. shots correlate to possession, but they do not equate to possession. But they were dead middle of the pack in goals scored. So it's nice that you outshoot everybody. They shoot from their own blue line. Yes. But can you turn those into goals? Because I think they will outshoot Washington this series, but will they? Will they be shots that matter? Season series Capitals four nothing over Carolina, which is not why I'm making the pick um, that I am. But I just don't think this is going to be a great series. I just I don't either. Carolina lost. Well, I'm on an island on this one, I guess. Yeah, not even long. Well, I mean, it could be exciting hockey, but I don't think it'll last long. Oh, I think this is a seven game series. Really, I do. I just I think Carolina I lost juice down the stretch. I think they might be the weakest of the 16 teams that made the playoffs right now. I think Washington ramped it up. Uh, they might be the strongest right now other than Tampa. And I hope Carolina makes it a series. As we've seen in, in years past, anytime you can get a short series, it helps you in the next round, at least in theory. I'm not as interested with the storm surge gone. Yeah, that's the other thing, right? You took all the fun out of it. I wanted to see their playoff storm surge. I I, I heard it, it up a notch. I heard an interesting theory on that that maybe they got rid of it because it would be weird if they were down like three nothing in a series and won a game and made it three one. Yeah, there that would celebrate. be very. Weird. That would be weird. Yes. Yeah, but they don't feel like they have the same identity now that they got rid of it. Uh, X factor. Michael Kempney's injury. I'm curious how that's going to impact uh, Washington's blue line because hmm. he was a, a key pickup last year for them. He really helped them. I'm curious how that's going to impact the blue line. Well, if Carolina's going to make this a series, they're going to need some secondary scoring behind Teravine and Ajo. And I think Nino Niederreiter is the X factor here. Nino. 14 goals, 30 points, and 36 games after coming over in January. 
if he can get hot and they can get scoring from multiple lines here, I think they can make this close. I, I want to believe this can be a good series. Uh, if so, my X factor is Justin Williams, just because you get to a, a, you yeah, get to game a big seven. game, yeah. <laughs> and he was he was sort of the catalyst for the storm surge and everything. But I'll just I'll roll right into my pick, and I never make picks like this. But I'll say Washington in four. I'm going Washington in seven. seven. Craig, are you making a pick? I think Carolina can win all three of their home games. Caps in five. And I don't. I'm not. I don't want to discount what Carolina has done this season. I just feel like. In a weird way, I feel like if Carolina played Tampa, it might be a little bit of a better matchup for Carolina. Not that they would win the series. And I also think Columbus would take Washington out. But this broke very nicely for Washington and not as well for Tampa Bay. So I would be... That's definitely the series that I will be watching the least of. Partially because by the time I can really get to that one, it's going to be over. Also, I'm a little I'm a little sad that they're moving all the games around this year, so we don't have like a CNBC series yeah. that I can make fun of because every, every series almost has one CNBC game. Yeah. I'm a little sad about that. This one would have. This would have been my least compelling series that no, I put on. No, in the East, definitely in the East. No, there's there's one in the West that's worse. Okay, I think I know which one you're talking about in the West. <laughs> we'll talk about that on the next podcast. Yes. That's a tease. Ooh, that's coming up later. Uh, Penguins Islanders season series was two two. Top storyline. Are you asking me first? Yeah, sure. Uh, does Pittsburgh have another run left in them? Because mm-hmm. if they don't make it this year, I don't think they have any left with this group. Which goalie group stays hot? Murray's played very well the last couple months. Grace and Leonard have played well the whole season. Murray top, has been better lately. My top storyline is Luke's angst. <laughs> That's a good choice. Um, that should be the name of this podcast, Luke's we, angst. It, it, I mean, it's unfortunate we have to put like Eastern Conference playoff preview, but like whatever. Yeah, youthful naivete or whatever said, yeah. was uh, said by to save those for like yeah, the off-season episodes. And then Luke's, angst. <laughs> Luke's angst will be when uh, Pittsburgh loses to the Islanders. We'll name it that. <laughs> What do you make of the series? I I still don't think the Islanders are that good. <laughs> that might be my X factor. I just don't believe in this team. I believe they are playing incredibly structured, disciplined hockey. And what happens in the playoffs is more teams play incredibly structured, disciplined hockey. And I just don't think the Islanders have very much talent. I don't think they have a chance in this series. Really? Yes. I think they have a chance. I think this is going to be a long I series. Mean, I shouldn't phrase it like no, but I mean, like I think everyone has a chance. No, but I mean, like I think this is going to be a long series. Uh, I just, to me, I know Murray's been playing really well, but he's also very erratic. and He's been very erratic in the postseason. Uh, with the way the Islanders have been able to defend it and play in net, I could see periods where the Penguins go 40-plus minutes between goals. And then yeah. at that point, this gets to be... It's hot. That's yeah, it but is hot. Somebody else on that team's got to score when that first line's on the ice. But that's a great point by Jamie because you see this with... Wait, with, what? Yeah, no, I know. But uh-huh. he's, he's talking about the Penguins, so it's okay. Uh, Matt but, was in the office for a moment. The yeah. team that we don't ever talk about on this podcast, which is probably my fault. But uh, he's right. I mean, when, when the Islanders are built to keep teams off the scoreboard, and whether they win or lose, they want to play a lower-scoring game. We've seen this plenty of times in years past. A team like Pittsburgh, a team like Washington a lot of those years, um, when you have a team that is used to scoring goals and they have high-powered offensive weapons and they are shut down even for 40 minutes and it shouldn't be the end of their series, it can really mess them up. And they just start to... I've made this analogy before, but it's like a sports car that you're driving around city streets and you hit a red light every five seconds. It just messes up the engine. And and I don't know. It's like my grandmother who has a Corvette but never drives it above 35 miles an hour. Does your grandmother have a Corvette? Yes, and doesn't drive it above 35 miles an hour. This is a shocking revelation. (laughs) (laughs) 
You interrupted Luke's angst. No, I want to talk about that That's now. Right. <laughs> Instead, we were, he was it's reading red. Luke's, Luke's angst expressed. Uh, I, uh, well, he was putting it to words. X Factor for me. I've actually got two. Jake Gensel so, had 40 goals, by the way. He did. I think yeah. there's enough goal scoring in the Penguins to overcome whatever they're going to have to overcome with the Islanders. Crosby and Gensel. I mean, Kessel had a very but uneven Thomas season. Thomas Grice and I mean, Robin Leonard's a pretty good goaltender. But, uh, and I'm guessing, have they named a starter? Have they named Leonard the starter? I haven't seen. They probably have. I'd be shocked. I don't even know if Trotz names his starters, actually. I can't remember. He may be one of those guys who does not. It's got to be Leonard. He calls it by their numbers. These two goalies are a product of their system. Sure, but the the system is still in place for this game. The system is in place, (laughs) but this is the system that all teams will revert to a little more for the playoffs, I think. I think everybody tightens it up. I I think Trotz did a spectacular... He deserves Jack Adams this year. He's very familiar with Pittsburgh, though, too. He is. Um, this, I mean, that, and that's why I don't view this as a series of where Pittsburgh was the 13 straight years they've been in it playing the Islanders, who are kind of a new team. Like, they're just not that talented. They're not, but that can you can still get through a series with that. Jordan Eberle, only what he finished the year with 37 points, 19 goals, 37 points. Yeah, it's not not great. No, not great entering your UFA year. No, but it also makes it that much more remarkable that the Islanders did what they did. My X factor though is Evgeny Malkin, 21 goals this year. It's the third lowest goal total in his career. The previous ones were set in seasons where they played 31 games, or he played 31 games because of the lockout, and 43 games a couple years before that. Yeah. And he had 9 and 15. He's routinely a 30-plus goal scorer. He can make it all up in the playoffs. He can. He's a minus 25 this year. Like plus minus, again, not the most accurate representation, but when you're that bad and you're that good of a player, that's yeah, that's weird. He's had a strange year. Playing off that, that's my X Factor, is this new second line that they debuted in practice yesterday with Jared McCann, Patrick Hornquist, and Evgeny Malkin. McCann had 11 goals in 32 games coming over from Florida. Hornquist is coming off his worst season with the Pens, but yeah. it can be a quality goal scorer. Especially in the playoffs. How do they how do they perform in this one again when Crosby and Gensel are not on the ice? Yeah. I mean you can't you can't ask Crosby and Gensel to win you. No, you need series. secondary scoring. That's one of the critical elements of the playoffs. Yeah. But picks. Can we can we by the way talk about that three of uh the Islanders four <laughs> top scores are all gonna be UFAs at the end of the season? It's a it's a weird situation, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. With Anders Lee, Brock Nelson and Jordan yep. Everly. It's they are one of the strangest teams in the playoffs. I, I, I agree. Just, I, yeah. I, but when I look at this roster, I'm just I'm not that impressed. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's no future. Just here. not that impressed. So are they a playoff team next year? No. I don't know. No. Really? Well, it so, somebody's got to come out if we're putting in Florida or Philly has Carter Hart for the are whole year. Are those guys year staying? And, are any of those guys but staying? Even if they do, I mean, you're talking about Josh Bailey, Brock Nelson, and Anders Lee. If if they stay, I'm not. I don't know how much that changes my opinion of like, okay, well, good. They got Josh Bailey back. Like, 16 goals this year. Like, he's fine. I'm not taking away from what he did. But when at the start of next season, when we're trying to look up and down the rosters and say who are the best teams in the conference, the only reason I would pick the Islanders to get back next year is I can't picture the playoffs without Barry Trotz. Josh Bailey's under contract. It's uh, it's Eberly, Nelson, and Lee that are the free agents. But, uh, oh. yeah, just I mean, I think they're going to lose two of those guys, to be honest, Luke. Yeah. I, I would take Eberle in Arizona, which is totally unrelated to what we're talking about. Would you take a—we're well, we're getting—yeah, we'll get to that yeah, in we're a minute, actually. Okay. Let's get to that in a minute. I just, just 19 goals maybe doesn't cost we, as much. But those are your those, these are your best players that you're talking about right here. Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, Jordan Eberle, and, and Matthew Barzell, who I love. Yeah, well, Barzell's legitimately— <laughs> Yeah, Barzell's a star. What he can do in a tight space with the puck is ridiculous. Imagine yeah. if they had him and a guy like John Tavares at center. 
Hey, uh, which uh, draft did Matthew Barzell go in, by hey, the way? 2015? Where would he go now if you redrafted? Oof. Ahead of Second. Dylan Strom. Still, yes, still. <laughs> would he really? <laughs> would he go... Where would Eichel go if you redid that draft? That's a good question. I mean, he's been a good player still. Yeah. He's been a productive player. He has, but do you remember who else he's is in that draft? not elevate. Yeah. <laughs> I, again, I, I think that's the best draft since 2003. Like Not that the Coyotes it. benefited from it with their three first-round players. They didn't benefit from it in 2003 either. No, oh, yeah. Well, that, that was a little different. <laughs> that was when Mike Barnett was the GM and decided to trade all of those. Uh, for, yeah, it's only the greatest draft in the history of drafts. Yeah. Miko Rantanen and Matthew Barzal, you can make a case for either or both of them over Jack Eichel at this point. You sure can. You sure and Eichel's been fine. Uh, okay, picks. I'll go Penguins in seven. Penguins in seven. Penguins in six. Mm. All right. There you go. Anything else here? That was a, an alarmingly short podcast for us. I think that's normally sort of the, the goal, right, for podcasts? Yeah. Isn't that what all the metrics say? Under an hour? We don't We don't bother worrying about that. But. No. Uh, here, I got a couple of listener questions I can throw into this one. That sure. Coyotes related. From Mike, and just uh, this is for the entire playoffs, so we're going to have to branch playoffs here a little bit, but uh, which underperforming team is most likely to advance? And he rattled off a few, but just, just give me an underperforming. Underperforming. Yeah. underperforming. That's a... Uh, I, that's a weird way to put it. it I is, think because they made the playoffs. So. Okay, so I guess the most underperforming team would be Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there's, there's, what, two? Winnipeg, Toronto? Yeah. Who else would be underperforming, really? Um, I don't have... It didn't print out the poll question he had on there, but I, I think he had San Jose as an underperforming San, San team. San Jose's fair, too. That's yeah. that's a fair team to pick. Which was most likely to advance, though? Yeah. Mm. I'm going Winnipeg. Yeah, I'd go with Winnipeg, too. This is from uh, Luke in this studio. Uh, which of the four wild card teams? Which one do you think has the best chance of doing some damage? I think it's Colorado. We'll get to them next podcast. I will, I will not share my answer because it would give it a giveaway too much. <laughs> Wait, are you saving it for another podcast? Yeah, this? the one we're about to do for the premium content for the other. The no, I'm not. No, I'm not the Athletics right, Podcast Network. Content. I don't, yeah. I don't of the wild card listen. teams, uh, I'm going with Colorado too. I, 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 I'm not picking them. Sorry for the hint there. Okay, but I would not be the least bit surprised if they took out the team that they're playing, the team that we'll talk about, and there are specific <laughs> reasons for it. We're not even going to give away who they're playing in case you don't know. Uh, Todd in Phoenix, if I set the over under on Louis Domingue's ice time in the playoffs at one minute, do you take the over or the under? <laughs> I'd take the over. I mean, that's yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. there might be a situation, an where injury, they, or or just you know, get up eight nothing. They have one bad game, and yeah, let's just rest Bazzy. I call him Bazzy. We're that, tight. You You're guys, tight. Yeah. 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 Apparently, oh, look a text. Yeah. Stop calling me Vazzy. Is that what it says? <laughs> if Tampa, let's just say, let's say Vasilevsky or Vazzy. I'm sorry. If he had to miss, <laughs> not, not for you, Luke. Luke no. You don't know him like that. Okay, I'll just call him Levsky. If he misses, Vaseline. No. Nope. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And we'll end the podcast. Oh boy! Uh, if Tampa had the rails again, if, if Tampa had the, which doesn't bode well for the second podcast we're doing today. Oh, we're going to be stellar on that one. If Tampa had to lean on Deming for a significant portion of these playoffs, could they still win the cup? No, no. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. I, what, d- what if he was out for the entire second round? Could they win? I would. Boston would give them a lot, a lot. Yeah. Wait, if he were out, if if assuming like Vasilevsky could Deming, not play in the second, Louis Deming had to play against Boston. Yes, well, just Boston pick, pick would a advance. Series that isn't the Stanley Cup. I'm saying Vasilevsky would be back would if advance. they got to the Stanley Cup. Yes. Okay, well, anything past the yes. first round, I would say 
arguably the first round. Louis Domingue is an okay backup. I'm not saying he is awesome. He is an average a- <laughs> backup goalie in the NHL. Yeah, if you had to rank the 31 backups, he would not even be anywhere near one or two. People that don't live in Arizona got fooled by that stretch where he won games for Tampa this year, which is not the most difficult thing to do as a goalie. Uh, How many games one? could Tampa win if I was in that? What did they go with Domingue? 11 and 3? <laughs> yeah, like 9 and 5, probably. Um, last one here for this podcast from Chris. With Minnesota out, who will be relegated to CNBC? I vote for Dallas. Now, we'll, we we'll, talk, we'll talk a lot about that well, on the, the next the podcast. The Dallas-Nashville series is a pretty strong candidate Yikes. for that because these are going to be like 2-1 games. You guys think that that series is that worse series than... Sucks. Well, just because there's it, no it scoring does. and it's going to... Yeah, that series sucks. Gonna be a Carolina-Washington. No, Carolina-Washington is going to be good. It's that's that's going to be the sneaky good. I, you guys will come back in here in a week and apologize to me. Sneaky good? No, that's unlikely. <laughs> Even if Carolina sweeps Washington, I won't apologize to you. Sneaky good to me is Pittsburgh Islanders because it's going to be competitive. Dallas scored the fewest goals of any playoff team. And allowed by a wide margin. Second fewest or something, didn't they? They only allowed 202, so. Uh, yeah, but they scored 210. This is foreshadowing for episode 195, which is coming up mm. next. For comparison, that's three fewer goals than the Arizona Coyotes scored yep. this season. And, and somehow Dallas. Uh, that was the thing all along. Colorado, to me, deserved to be a playoff team. I don't know why Dallas is in there, but we're giving away too much for the yeah, it, is, it is frustrating that you, Dallas is in there. But. So none of us picked it, but what do you think the probability is of getting a sweep in the first round in the Eastern Conference? I did pick a sweep. Did you pick a sweep? Thing. Yes. Which Car- one? Carolina falling to Washington in four. Oh, you did pick the Washington. Wow. Yeah, yeah you're wrong on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I wish I would have heard sweep. that. <laughs> Uh, and again, that's not. I mean, I could see Carolina winning a game. I don't want to. I like what Carolina has done this season. We got, you know what? We got a good question, and I can't find it in the seven thousand pages of Paraphrase notes I printed it. out. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name. I think it was Ryan asked. Uh, he said he he follows the Coyotes. Doesn't really. He's just getting into hockey. Which team should he pull for in the playoffs? Oh yeah, somebody did ask that. It was actually um, my favorite question. I'm glad I didn't print it out. Like Carolina, and a couple of listeners wrote back and said Carolina because that's similar to the Coyotes. I, I absolutely want Carolina to go on a little run. I just I don't think they landed in the first matchup yeah. the way they should have. Root for this team, and they'll be gone quickly. Yeah, so let's get you'll have to come team. back to us with that question again. In the second round? Yes. Uh, I mean, Tampa, if you... Yeah, if you want to watch a great hockey the most, team... most exciting, then yes, watch Tampa. Tampa Bay. It's not like they've won the last couple cups or anything. Right. Or any. Watch Tampa Since Bay. The, the Cavaliers. That's yeah. a spectacular team to watch. Anybody else? Go with Tampa. Go with Tampa? Go with Tampa. Let's give them a couple options. Okay, go well, with Vegas, too. Vegas is a good one. I mean, Look, it depends on what storyline you want. If you want a storyline of a team that has everything on the line and they haven't, they've never won anything, everything, all the odds are against them, it's Columbus. They yeah. went all in. They've never won a playoff series. Everybody's going to get fired pretty soon, probably. <laughs> but you may Everybody's have nothing to leave. do in the second round. True, Sorry. but... Then you pick somebody you else. You could drive up to Vegas. You, you can bounce. You stand on the mall and watch the game on the big screen because you probably That's won't true. be able to get a ticket. But Vegas is fun. Vegas is For fun. some people. People who like to gamble. Or like frozen mules. Yeah. Jamie says as he drinks his Not coffee. a Vegas guy. Never have been. Are you going this year for the awards? Depends. Okay. I'll see you there. Are the Coyotes going to have a finalist? Usually when you say depends, you end up being there. Are the Coyotes going to have a finalist? Can you tell me that definitively? Definitively? Yes. yes. Absolutely not. I don't know. Okay. Well, then... <laughs> I can't tell you definitively if I'm going to Vegas. What do you think happens if Columbus does lose in the first round? We didn't really address that. Do you really think they fire their GM? It's an awkward situation. They did go all in and mismanage their assets, so I'd be looking long and hard at that if I'm ownership. You think they make a run for any of these free agents in the offseason? Which ones? Their own, but I don't think no, their own is not that. coming back. They're not, so, okay, they're going to lose Panarin and Bobrovsky, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but they still have a decent 
core if they went well, out. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant their own, that the guys that they acquired at the deadline, their own, not oh, their yeah, own no, guys no, that no. they didn't trade. No. Maybe. I, it's possible, I guess, they get Duchesne back. Maybe. That, that wouldn't shock me. I, I wouldn't pick that. But but there's a decent amount of free agents available this year that there aren't typically. Like, I guess what I'm asking is if— They're not going to be horrible next year. Do they just they're disappear? the only game changer. Are we agreed on that in the free agency? Well, like Eric Carlson. Yeah, oh, Carlson, well, yeah. Okay. Carlson hits the market. Yeah, yeah. Carlson hits the market, yeah. But uh, yeah, he's the he's the biggest. I mean, Joe yeah. Pavelski, but I don't know that he's hitting the market either. I'm not sure. Uh, he's, he's 34. Yeah, he's. A, I, I love Pavelski. I'm not sure if he's too. game changer. I think no. he's just ever so slightly below that now. And, and I don't. What what is he commanding on the open market? I also don't think he's leaving. Point. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I just can't picture him in a different uniform. Like it's just one of those weird things. He's also. I just. I wouldn't. I'm not sure. You have to have the right situation, I guess, to go after Pavelski. But yeah, he's 34. You just can't picture Pavelski in a Senators jersey. Joe Pavelski. Joe Pa. Joe Pa. Are okay. they bringing him back? Again, going Pavelski off the rails here. All right. It's going to do it for us here until like five minutes from now when we record the next episode. So real quickly, who did you guys pick to win each series? I don't know. Tampa, Toronto, it's, Washington, it's on the Pittsburgh. Tape. Tampa, Boston, <laughs> Washington, Pittsburgh. All right, I'm going to write this down. Tampa, Boston, Washington. You're going to watch? Okay. You ready? Tampa, Boston, Washington. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, same. Same as Jamie? Same as Wow, you guys are pathetic. Okay. We talked beforehand. Uh, that's become glowingly apparent. So the only one we even differ on is I took Toronto and you guys took Boston. Yeah. There's parody in the NHL, gentlemen. All right. That's it. For Jamie Eisner, Craig Morgan, and Luke Lipinski, thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast. What's the over-under on Luke saying the Pens are going to lose in the first round? You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you ought to, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.